You're listening to a DM podcast. Some people try harder than others in friendships, and I'm one of those people. And sometimes, my efforts tend to go to waste, irritatingly. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. And I hope you all are doing well. You all know that Parks and Recreation is another one of my favourite television shows, right? Well, today I will be doing a recap on one episode from Parks and Recreation. The episode I'll be reviewing today is Season 6, Episode 4, Doppelgangers. But, before I get into this recap, I have some exciting news to tell you all. Something I haven't shared with you yet. It all happened on the weekend that just passed. The weekend that just passed, I was actually in Coffs Harbour, which is on the coast of New South Wales. I was there for a specific reason. I was a celebrity guest speaker at Spectrum Spectacular Gala Ball. The goal of that was to bring Bus Stop Films to Coffs Harbour. Um, Bus Stop Films is a filming and acting school for people with disabilities. The goal was to reach $25,000 to establish a bus stop films campus in Coffs Harbour. They reached $26,000 at least. $26,000. That's higher than their goal. Well, I was actually instrumental in making that happen because they sold 100, I mean, 240 tickets so that it was a full room of 240 people. If I wasn't there, they probably wouldn't have reached the goal. So I was a big help to the people who organized the event. I was actually very honored and proud to be a big part of it. And I was also very grateful for my time in Coffs Harbour. I love it up there. But even up there is expensive to live. But it's a really lovely place place to visit. You should go sometime if you're interested. I actually visited three specific places while I was there. The, Dol- the Dolphin Marine Park, the Butterfly House... And most famously, the Big Banana, which is like Jambu- like Jamboree Action Park, but probably smaller, and it's surrounded by a large banana plantation. It's one of the most famous places to visit in Coffs Harbour. And I can cross that off the bucket list. Here in Australia, we have, we have so many large tourist attractions, like the Big Prawn. In South Australia, we have... A big rocking horse in Queensland, a big pineapple, and in Coffs Harbour, a big banana. Even though I'm wearing a banana shirt today while recording this episode, I missed out on wearing it at the big banana, which kind of sucks if you ask me. But there's always the next time because I love love it up there in Coffs Harbour to the point that it's not going to be the last time I visit Coffs Harbour. I'll be going there again at some point. On the Friday night, there was actually a disco before the gala ball. I actually didn't really dance because disco dancing is not really my thing. I'm only into ballroom dancing. And plus, the music was pretty loud too. And so I spent most of the time talking to talking to people out, outside the disco. Overall, it was just a very fun experience and I really loved it there. Well, that's the latest update on my of news on my life so far. Now, let's get into the recap, shall we? Well, today I will be doing a recap on one episode from Parks and Recreation. 
The episode I'll be reviewing today is Season 6, Episode 4, Doppelgangers. This episode centers on Leslie Nope pairing everyone in the Pawnee Parks Department with their Eagleton counterparts due to Eagleton rejoining Pawnee as one, as one state. It was a reabsorption. Eagletonian's government lost millions of taxpayer dollars, so Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt now have to clean up their mess through being auditors, and they demonstrate their impressive teamwork style of good cop, bad cop. Chris would make everybody positive and happy and upbeat, while Ben would slash their, their happiness to shreds. Not literally, of course, just metaphorically. In the meantime... The Pawnee and Eagleton Parks Department counterparts display a rather mixed bag of interactions with each other. For example, Ron Swanson meets his counterpart named Ron Dunn. At first, Ron Swanson likes Ron Dunn because they both enjoy nature, out being outdoors, and minimal conversation. April is paired with a woman named Tinifer, and they both gossip about a lot of crap that I don't understand. And... It just bores me to death, honestly. Anne Perkins meets her counterpart named Evelyn, her health department equivalent. But back in Eagleton, there was barely any work for Evelyn there because apparently the people of Eagleton were, were so healthy. Probably too healthy, if you ask me. Then Donna meets her counterpart named Craig, who whose attitude is very volatile but he absolutely loves his job. He's not volatile because he has a bad, because he has an uncaring bad nature. Nothing like that. He calls it a medical, a medical condition known as caring too much, which is incurable according to him. <laughs> his actor pl- plays Craig superbly. I could mention his name, but I don't really how to pronounce his surname, so I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be disrespectful in any way. <clears throat> anyway, Tom Haverford comes across a man who he believes to be Eric, who's supposed to be his counterpart named Eric, but it turns out that Eric is actually nothing more than a computer program, a computer program that that is actually an online facility booking system Eric stands for Eagleton Reservation Information Center, and scheduling is actually the main part of Tom Haverford's job. And he quickly realized, no doubt, that that Eric would replace him. So he decided to take advantage of the situation by, as Leslie was unaware that Eric is not a person, but instead just an online computer program, he decided to do something that no man or or machine would ever accomplish him at talking mad trash until he get gets his way. So he made the workspace station look extremely untidy and and offensive, and then manipulated Leslie into thinking that that he's unreliable, racist, and has a bad attitude towards his job, which was actually a pretty clever way to to try and secure a job, if you ask me. <laughs> When April meets Tinifer, she was originally named Jennifer, but decided to rebrand herself by using a different name. <laughs> Tinifer is not a name that I've ever heard before, but I'll pass. 
after a short conversation, April de- declared her to be the worst person she ever met. And ironically, she wants to travel the world with her. Next, we are told more about Ron Dunn. Not only does he love minimal conversation and out and nature in the outdoors like Ron Swanson does, but unlike Ron Swanson, Ron Dunn is a big supporter of en- environmental conservation, recycling and com- composting. He's also a yoga nut and a nut nut. <laughs> so he's a nut of yoga and nuts. In other words. And then he revealed that he's actually a vegan, slowly walk- working towards full freegan vegan. Ron and I both had the same question. What in God's name is freegan vegan? Then Leslie Nope explains that it's when you only eat vegetables that were that were thrown out into people's dumpsters, which is pretty disgusting if you ask me. And that's what dogs and cats do. And then Ron Swanson noticed something on on Ron's Ron Dunn's foot. Yeah, Ron Dunn wears sandals. Which can only make me comment, men don't wear sandals. Men would only wear them at a, at the beach. Or thongs. If you're going to the beach. The reason why Ron Dunn wears sandals is because he believes that a man's feet should never be should remain uncaged. Then he said, same goes for all chickens, which I actually also agree with myself. The best eggs always come from from chickens that are not kept in cages. Because really, cage eggs are not nowhere near as great as free-range eggs. They taste the best. After that interaction, Ron Swanson then decides, I no longer like Ron. <laughs> no matter what Ron Swanson says, it always makes me laugh. Because... It comes across as funny to me, and because he never smiles. Ron Swanson is like the dad that I always wished I had. Because Ron Swanson never smiles. He loves he loves red meat, like me. He loves woodwork. Also something I, I really love. And unlike me, he enjoys whiskey, but I prefer ciders. Apple ciders, to be exact. At one point in the episode, earlier in the episode, Anne Perkins then tells Leslie that she and her husband, Chris Traeger, are seriously thinking about leaving Pawnee, mostly, most likely to Michigan, which is something that Leslie does not take very well. Then she says to the, to the camera crew that she gets it. And then she asks, who wants to leave the, the best city in the world? With her, with her best friend and be happy forever when you can abandon your soul sister like an old shoe and move to a garbage silly city full of jerks. And then she said no hard feelings. Then, as the day went by, she became frustrated by it and started behaving very selfishly about it. Then she, and then later on, she tells the, the documentary crew that, that it's like that other people don't understand the meaning of loyalty which I can relate to myself because some people try harder than others in friendships and I'm one of those people. And sometimes my efforts tend to go to waste, irritatingly. And so then 
Leslie tries to make everybody in the Parks Department stay in Pawnee by creating a loyalty contract, which none none of which signed. A loyalty contract is something I would never sign either. Ron Swanson could only say, you have lost your mind. And then Tom Haverford uses that moment to further manipulate Leslie into securing his job by saying, when Eric saw this, he smashed a bunch of computers. Which is pretty extreme if you ask me. Leslie called for a meeting with the Eagletonian counterparts into the conference room. She was visibly trying to force a friendship with them. And, and then Ron noticed this, takes her out of the conference room and into his office to have a discussion with her. Then he asks her, okay, enough is enough. What is wrong with you, woman? And then she ends up telling him the truth, that Anne was thinking about leaving Pawnee, moving with Chris. And Ron's response was, well, that's nice. Um, for your amusement, I'm about to do an, an, an impersonation of Ron Swanson from this episode. You can't force friendship, Leslie. It takes time. I once thought I had a friend. But it turns out he was the single worst person I have ever met. And here's another one from, from Ron Dunn. I agree with Ron, Leslie. It's like Mars once said. Hold on to your friends. You know Morrissey? The Smiths? You don't know Meat is Murder? It's one of the best songs ever written about industrialized beef consumption. Which I actually never really heard of until I found out today that Meat is Murder is actually a studio album by, by a rock band known as The Smiths. According to Ron Dunn, it's one of the best songs ever written about industrialized beef consumption. Something Ron did not take very kindly to either because... Like me, he also loves red meat, as I do too. And look, and judging by the look on Ron's face, he looks like he was reaching his boiling point. But it turns out there was no, no employment for Ron Dunn at the Parks Department. And just before he left, he gave Ron Swanson a piece of advice that no one has ever told me before. But this piece of advice that he gave Ron Swanson was actually... A really interesting one to, to really think about. Giving into hate is like drinking salt water. The thirst only grows worse. That is actually one of the wisest pieces of advice that I've ever heard. Not that anyone's ever told me before. After that, Ron then said to Leslie, Leslie, please remove, remove this man before I commit an act, act of violence against him. Ron Dunn then said, whatever you do, I won't fight back. The guy's very peaceful. Anyway, with Tom Haverford, he ma he managed to dispose of Eric and replace it with TOM, which stands for Townwide Organizational Matrix. And therefore, his job was as good as secure. So he managed to get what he wanted. With April and Tinifer, April convinced Tinifer to, to not take a job at the Parks Department because... It'd be like the working in the pits. All I can say is April Ludgate is is such an enigma. A lot of things she says give me very mixed reactions. <laughs> but what can what can you expect? It's Aubrey Plaza, one of the most brilliant actresses in the world. Someone I'd love to have on the podcast. 
Leslie Knope then began to realize at the end of the day that she was reacting very selfishly towards Anne's news. But it also kind of reminds me of a time of what Anne told Leslie once, that Leslie is a steamroller. One example is she made Anne Perkins watch all eight Harry Potter movies when she doesn't even like Harry Potter. There's a lot of shows that I love, but I don't force my friends to watch any of them. It's up to them what they want to see. At one time, Anne Perkins reminded her, reminded Leslie that when they go to a bar, Leslie orders her drinks for orders drinks for Anne. When you go to a bar with a, with a friend, you shouldn't have to order order their food or drinks for you. It's up to your friend to decide what they what they want to eat or drink. That's why I prefer to ask, "What will you have?" That's what I prefer to do. The overall point about Leslie is she often attempts to force friendships. She does what she wants. She ignores what other people want. And she hears only what she wants to hear. Which sounds pretty selfish if you ask me. Just because you love something doesn't mean that your friends have to as well. Every friendship has their differences. Which which is okay too. And that's fine. <clears throat> Those are my thoughts. And anyway, back to the episode... We learn a little bit more about the past between Chris and Ben. They in in their past they would they were state auditors. They were reflecting at the end of the day what their pasts were like. They would go to a town, fix their problems, and at the end of the day they would go back to a rundown motel where Chris would exercise and Ben would watch episodes of Twin Peaks, which I never saw myself. And as Ben and Chris were reminiscing their lives, they've actually agreed that their lives have improved since they met Leslie and Anne and married them. Their lives improved after their marriages. And then Chris informed Ben that he and Anne were thinking about leaving Pawnee. Even though Ben was, was sad, that made Ben feel kind of sad but incredibly happy for the two. Ben took the news considerably better than Leslie did. Ben took it like a man, while Leslie took it like a girl. People come and go from places all the time. And eventually, the same thing's going to happen with me too. Everyone comes and goes. And so, at the end of the episode, Leslie decided that she was ready to talk about the situation with Anne. So it turns out everything worked out for the best. Well, everyone, that's my recap on this week's episode of Doppelgangers. So this is Mr. A Plus signing off for this week, and I look forward to releasing another episode the following week. Mm-hmm.